Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of On A Serious Note. If this is your first time here, my name is Yimika and I am the host on this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. I do have other episodes of this same podcast which you can find on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, you can check it out either before you listen to this one or after, whichever one suits you best. But thank you very much again for joining me today. If you're a regular, welcome back. Hope you're great. Hope your family is great. Hope everything's going well with your week and going well wherever it is that you are in the world. I'm super excited about today's episode because like I said in the last one, I am going to start having guests and today I am going to have my very first guest. So I'm looking forward to this and before I keep blabbing any further, I'll get into it right after this. Alright, on today's episode, I have a very special guest, someone who I've known all my life. It's my sister, who took the right brain of the family, to which I took the left brain. I mean, I think I have a little bit of right brain, but I think You don't took. have any right brain. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> Just leave, leave it for me. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Moyo. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm here to make you know everything better here. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it was just already kidding. great before you came. By the way, just now that you started talking, I just remember that the last time that we did something like this was when we were like on radio like eight years ago. Do you think you still I have know. it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> there was a way you used to, to there was a way you, me like this. Yeah, but no there was a way problem. you used to introduce yourself. Can you still do it? I think that was very, very cheesy. I don't know what I was thinking. But for you, because you know. You are going to owe me after this. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. What so, do you mean? You mean I'm not paying you for this? You are not paying me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. So, do you want to do that intro now? Hi, everyone. It's Mo <laughs> You still have future ambitions, yeah. So. <laughs> I try. I try. I try. You, you, we need to keep. We need to keep some things in the in, in our backup plan. Backup plan. In case, in, in case this one we are doing it doesn't convert. So, so hi everyone. Um, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on board. Um, I apologize for any noise you might be hearing in the background. Uh, sadly, I'm in Nigeria, and you know, Nigerian problems. So generator, um, car horns, the likes. Just ignore. <laughs> okay, so Thank all you. the background noise is coming from her side. So just just FYI. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to come on here. Um, I guess we can start with just, you know, telling us about your experience. You know, I actually think the reason why I invited you is because I think you've had a very interesting career journey. I mean, you're still on the journey, but I think it's been interesting so far. And um, I just thought it would be very like great for everyone to hear about it so do you mind like you know taking us through that um all right then so i've never really been somebody who had a clear plan for what i wanted to do with my life i knew who i wanted to be in terms of what my ideologies would be about you know what my vibe would essentially be about i wanted to do something creative i wanted to do something that i was passionate about but if you'd ask me to you know hone in on something specific i couldn't come up with anything so 
um, and I don't know if you remember, um, remember there was a time when I was in primary school where I wanted to sell bread and egg because <laughs> it made, it made, because we, 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 we happened to be in a, in a place where we found this Meshai and okay. So Meshai for, for those who don't know is some, is a term that we use for, um, people from, uh, Hausa land that sell bread so and that's egg. Northern Nigeria. Northern Nigeria. Yes. Yeah. That sell bread and egg on the streets. So it, it's essentially street food. So it's called mm. Meshai. I think actually, literally, Meshai is tea. But for some reason, we call anybody selling street food who, you know, that is of Hausa um, um, origins, it's just Meshai. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, I wonder what inspired you about that, but we move. We move. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, secondary school, having to write, you know, university entrance examinations. I, again, I didn't have a specific course or goal in mind but i wanted to study something that would give me options and at the time because i was very fascinated with the perfume industry and colors i wanted to study industrial chemistry because i felt with that i would have you know options available to me unfortunately the university i applied to at the time was not taking in students and while i was writing my university entrance entrance examinations which we call jab over here um, my dad subtly <laughs> suggested <laughs> that subtle. I should subtle, really subtle. Yeah. Subtly suggested um, I take um, I put um, food science and tech as my second choice, and um, of course pick footer. So for context, we grew up on the university campus. He's a lecturer. He's an academic. Um, no, not me, my at, father. Not not me. Just, <laughs> just so <laughs> And and he works, you know, at at Futa, Federal University of Technology, Akure. So he was like, oh, we could pick whatever we wanted to our first choice, but you know, just to be on the safe side, it would be good for us to pick Futa as a second choice. Which, um, we, I wasn't necessarily opposed to because I had zero intentions of coming to Futa or of going to Futa. Um, and then he just suggested, oh, Futa sounds like a good course, and I'm like, yeah, I don't plan to study it, so let's just put it there bad move um <laughs> so of course when the university i wanted wasn't admitting students he's like oh why don't you just try the post jam examinations and um i took the examinations and failed you failed <laughs> i did i had 40 43 over 100 but unfortunately that year because i think you mean it was fortunately <laughs> well <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> because that year um the bar was set really 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 low <laughs> um, it, um it was the first year that um anyone was going to be taking post jam examinations so the bar was not wasn't set very very high for anybody at all so um cut off mark was 40 i had 43 so i got in on merit like without even trying i got in and i had my intention was to try to write jam again the next year so that i could get into the university that i actually wanted to go because i wanted to you know spread my wings and be free um but then the subtle suggestion oh why are you leaving certainty for uncertainty you know you have admission here why don't you just you know take the offer and you're like okay what harm can that do i'm not doing any other thing with my life at the moment so i might as well <laughs> go to school <laughs> so i took the the option to to study food science and technology which wasn't a bad course it's not a bad course um it is it it's it can be interesting if you do have interest in it but i really didn't have a lot of interest in it i'm not passionate about food i don't 
I'm I'm not really bothered about food security. I know I should be, but I'm I'm it's not okay. I'm not really bothered about that. I don't really want to know about, you know, the different microbes that food has. I'm not really bothered about, you know, designing machines to process food. So it wasn't it, 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 on an on a good day for any other person, it will be it, it would be a good course to study, but I wasn't crazy about it. So I already knew that um yeah, I'm definitely not making a career out of this. Now one thing I always say for a lot of Nigerian universities and for a lot of us who went to universities, university teaches you what you don't want to do. It, it, it makes it very clear to you what you don't want to do. However, on the flip side, wh what you want to do is not as clear. Um, so while I knew I didn't want to have a career based on food science and technology, it's like, okay, so what, what do you actually want to do? Fortunately, at the time, um, there was a radio station, um, you know, our university set up a radio station and I decided to explore broadcasting. I felt, hmm, I might not do so badly. I think I speak decently well and it, it will be fun to be an OAP. So I went there to intern. I enjoyed it. It was, it was challenging, don't get me wrong. Broadcasting is not in any way, shape or form easy to do. Um, you have to get, it's not like speaking every day. You have to get certain diction right to make sure that people, you know, different people can understand what it is you're saying mm -hmm. you have to speak really really clearly there was there, there were a lot of nuances so it's not like it's a walk in the park but it was interesting it was something that i had i that i i enjoyed so of course i developed an interest and a passion for that and i thought after so after my um university i thought yes i could explore this and you know make a career out of this Unfortunately, um, after my NYSC, so this is the compulsory one-year program that every Nigerian has to go through where you serve your country. After uh, my NYSC program, I decided to apply to a school to learn more about, you know, how to be a better broadcaster. Unfortunately, life happened. Uh, I did get into the school, but I couldn't um, study at that particular point in time. So I found myself back home with nothing to do. My dreams of being a broadcaster essentially busted at this point. You okay, mean so bust. what next? This is why you couldn't make it as a broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, you mean busted as in B-U-S-T, not B-U-R-S-T. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. You see, see your life. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I was back home. I'm so I'm like, okay, what? Let me explore my next passion interior design i've always been um as i said always been interested in colors patterns layering layering textures and all of that and um it's i i i felt like it was a line i could explore however to do interior design um as a course of study you need to ha have had architectural background which i definitely did not have um and the next best option at the time was uh in industrial design so I thought, okay, not bad. It's still design. Yeah. Um, the same knowledge and the same principles you have in interior design, you can apply to other areas of design. So let's explore interior, um, uh, industrial design. So I did explore industrial design, um, did a postgraduate diploma in that, and I enjoyed it. Essentially smashed it. This is me being humble here. I smashed, <laughs> I smashed it. <laughs> I'm glad you're recognizing each other. <laughs> However, I felt it wasn't technical enough. 
when I was done with that program. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you did a technical course, but because it had a bunch of like stuff you didn't enjoy, you wanted to do something more creative. Yeah. And then you thought the creative thing wasn't technical enough. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I know where you're going with that, but I think the, the, the major issue here was design is not just creative. Design is actually technical when you think about it, because when you're designing, you're essentially solving a problem or making a process easier or making it more accessible. And that part of design is actually quite technical. But unfortunately, when it was presented to me, it wasn't presented as a design wasn't presented as a problem problem solving approach it was more of oh colors put this together put that together and i think i was missing that problem solving approach aspect of design because it felt like we were just designing for the sake of design and the basic principle of design is you cannot design just for the sake of design you are either solving a problem making something easier adding value design mm -hmm. is about adding value right. and i think because that aspect was not highlighted i it was obvious to me that something was missing and i needed more um so at that so at that point i decided to study a master's um that essentially in incorporated the more technical aspect of design um, so I did a um, I did a postgraduate I'm sorry I did a master's in advanced materials which then brought in the more technical perspective I was missing previously into design and I loved that um, smashed it <laughs> smashed it again okay. smashed it again <laughs> now at this point the logical approach would be why don't you, you know, because I did this master's out of the country. Do you want to stay back? Unfortunately, at that time, um, there weren't a lot of options open to um, foreign students, international students. I explored, you know, maybe studying a PhD, but of course, funding. You had collected a lot of loans <laughs> to, do, <laughs> to do this master's. Okay. You don't want to collect more loans. <laughs> To do a four-year course it is not sustainable especially <laughs> since you have a brother who also needs significant investment in his life <laughs> that aspect is debatable but okay. I'm, I'm i'm a considerate person okay. <laughs> all right i'm a considerate person so um so yes came back home so i'm back in nigeria what am i going to do with my fancy masters you have a father who then comes into the picture again and subtly suggests, oh, why not explore academics? Um, you know, you've done a postgraduate diploma, you've done a master's, you could start lecturing and then from there, you know, do your PhD. You might actually even get access to funding to do this, to pursue this PhD. And again, wasn't doing much with my life. And I'm sure you notice a pattern here. It feels like a lot of decisions are based on I wasn't doing anything with my life at this moment. So no, actually, the, the two things you've said with a lot of frequency on this podcast so far is the word unfortunately, and I wasn't doing much with my life. So. Just for reference, my life is not that bad. I, I, I actually do have a good life, and I'm appreciative of that. So not to put the wrong idea out there. Uh, so yes, I applied um, for 
a teaching position and I got that and I started teaching. Um, so, okay, so this is at the beginning of your career. So, I can say this is the proper official beginning okay. yeah. of so, my career. So, so this what is you the just first gave time. us was pretty much the prelude, right? Yes, so, the prelude. Um, um, your educational background, which is all over the place, really. Um, <laughs> food science, industrial design, and then technical technical what? What did you call it? Advanced materials. Advanced, advanced materials, which was to give you the technical aspect of design and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so this is your educational background. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, you can take us through, like, your career from, like, how you started to where you are now. Okay, so started off my career as a lecturer. I loved, didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, but I actually did enjoy it. For me, it was about, I think, and this is not to sound in any way conceited, but I think I wanted to be the kind of lecturer that I would have loved to have when I was in school. Um, so I hope all you your lecturers hear this. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. What I mean by that is, Number one, being super approachable, having somebody who is young, who has a fresh perspective about what um, academics or what studying should be about. And let's, let's face facts, not a lot of people are very passionate about teaching or about academics. For a lot of people here in Nigeria, when you go into academics, it's more about the money. It, it, let's be real, for any job, it's about the money. Yeah, but, um, but I think in Nigeria, it's it's not just about the money. It's also a little bit about the stability of the job, right? Like yes, yes. It's one yes. of the most stable jobs in the country. Like Yes, it know, is. So. You cannot, I don't think, if you get fired as a lecturer in Nigeria, uh, you you really need to reevaluate <laughs> your life. Weren't you and fired? I wasn't fired. <laughs> Excuse you. I'm just kidding. You. I'm just kidding. Excuse <laughs> you. Okay. I wasn't fired. Uh, um, so yes, it is a very stable job, and so a lot of people aren't just do it as um, yes, it, it's it's any other job. You come to class, I teach you, I move on. But for me, it was a bit more than that, because throughout my learning and throughout my educational background, one my the way I learn is by understanding. I need to understand a particular concept, which is why you always say you are the left brain of the family because logic does not make sense. I don't understand logic. I understand common sense like one plus one equals to two but the if one plus one if a plus b equals to c and d minus e equals to c then b minus plus c should you be already equal missed to, it you already like, missed it so just move on <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what i'm saying logic logic is not as as easy for me to comprehend it takes it takes a, a while for me however other concepts it come to me easier like oh this is a problem in the oh um you need to um redesign the um transportation process in nigeria how do you approach it it's easier for me because i can picture it so i practical, can practical it's, yes, problems it's more it's more yeah they are more practical problems so it's easier for me to think about it to understand what the problem is and you know from there come up with a solution um so I need to understand the concept. I need to understand in order to um, deliver. And so that's the approach I always use with my students as well. So it's, I'm always trying to make sure you understand the basic concept. Um, 
which some people hated me for it, some people liked me for it. Either ways, that was who I was. So I enjoyed lecturing. I enjoyed the interaction with the students. Um, I always wanted to constantly improve on what it is I was doing. And um, that went on for three, four years. Mm -hmm. And I think in the middle of my third year was where I started getting restless. And this restlessness came because I felt like I wasn't learning anything new. There was no there was no incentive for me to keep on learning there was no incentive for me to pursue any knowledge and to be honest even if if i decided not to pursue any knowledge nobody was going to harass me for it or nobody was going to tell me oh you've not you've not updated your lecture notes from you know the past two years i could conveniently teach the same thing for six years straight just without coast. having any yeah i just coast mm. but unfortunately i'm i'm not a coaster <laughs> i i need I need to feel like I'm improving. I need to feel like I'm getting better. I need to feel like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. I've added this knowledge. I'm advancing. Um, I'm, I'm updating myself. And it felt like I wasn't doing that. I felt like I was stuck in the same place for a very long time. Yep. Unfortunately, the environment I was in didn't also make things better because there were... There, were, there was no encouragement to even be better. There was no encouragement to say, oh, here is, um, oh, this, are, this, this, this is access to journals that you can use to, you know, read up and see what's going on in the outside world. There was none of that. And it felt like you had to work even harder for, for you to stay updated. So I started getting restless, dissatisfied. And I, 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 I kind of looked and compared myself to some of my colleagues who were not in academics and it felt like they had moved on you know so much with their lives they were doing so much more and i envied them i won't, I won't lie i was <laughs> i was envious and okay. i felt like i also i wanted that as well i wanted to feel like i was on top of my game so i decided to leave the university now the problem with being in academics is you, you know a lot about that subject area, but you can't say you have any practical experience mm. in that subject area. Okay. So, I was teaching design. You know a lot about design. I know what good design is. I know what bad design is. But I cannot say I am a designer. Right. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Um, so, that was also now a problem. So, you've left the academic environment. How do you then apply all these skills you have in the outside world? How are you able to apply, you know, all your knowledge? How are you able to prove? Because basically outside you need your, your proof is your experience. So how are you able to prove that you can actually do these things? You can actually perform at the same level that, you know, people who have five years, four years experience can perform at. So I think that that's alone was a humbling experience for me because I felt like I didn't measure up. I felt like I didn't know anything and I felt like I had to start from scratch. So coming out, I also still knew that I still wanted to do something I enjoyed. I still wanted to be in an environment that um, I, I, I felt comfortable in. Mm -hmm. So I joined a creative agency as a manager, as an, as an operations manager. But during the course of, you know, doing operations, I also... Um, 
started doing project management at the same time and i was and i got to work on really really exciting projects and i was excited again for the first time in like two years i it felt like i found this spark that mm -hmm. i had been missing yeah and i got to see you know how creatives are actually doing what they're actually doing um and it's not just painting and putting things together there was a lot more thought into it and then I, I think that was the first time I had an encounter with the concept design thinking. And it totally blew my mind. So here I am. I've taught design for many years and, oh, not many years, for a couple of years. <laughs> and I'm coming across design thinking for the first time. It blew my mind that the, this concept existed. But then at the same time, it made so much sense because this is it. This was like the foundation of everything. Everything centers around people. Um, we tend to have a solution-driven approach, but actually you should have a problem-centric approach. You think about the problem. If you understand the problem, then it's easy for you to lead to a solution rather than coming from a solution um, or standpoint. Do you understand? What, so, and sometimes the solutions you have are, don't, are not a right fit for the people. And then it made something that my dad had always said ring true, which is when you're when, when I was just getting started in academics and I was a bit worried about the kind of research um, I could do. And he yep. said something that it should be culturally relevant. It has to be technologically driven and globally acceptable. And then and, 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 and that just made sense. So whatever it is you're doing, you can you can come. It doesn't have to be, you know, the most mind-blowing idea. Come from where you are and um, make sure you apply techniques that are a bit more recent. And then it's something that would stand, even though it's not the same thing that, you know, your counterparts outside the country are doing. But it will stand because it's relevant to the people. It's relevant to the issue you are trying to solve. Yeah. So um, I'm here in projects management in a creative agency and then i knew and then you know you meet design thinking and i'm like okay how can i build a career that has foundations based on design thinking based on the ideas of design thinking and at the time it seemed like the easiest way to do that was exploring ux design and of course, you introduced me to a couple of your colleagues who were UX designers and were doing really, really good in it. And I had conversations with a lot of people. Oh, how do I get started? And it's basically, and then I kept on hearing the same thing over and over again. Practice. You need to practice. And in my mind, I'm like, there's no formula to this. I can't just do one plus one and become, poof, a UX designer. <laughs> it, it, it felt daunting. But... I decided to take the journey because at that time it's like I have nothing to lose at this point. Yes. I, I almost thought you were going to say I had nothing to do with my life again. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I had nothing to do with my life. I had left my job and, like, here I am. Um, so I started reading, and, you know, anywhere I could find knowledge, I, I was there. I took, I can't count the number of online courses I took, the number of articles I read on Medium, just to try and understand, you know, who, what being a UX designer was about. Then I thought again that, okay, it's not just about reading, you have to practice. I approached, you know, a friend who had a startup at the time. Oh, can I, can I intern at your company? I just want to, you know, be able to apply some of these um, things I've read about. And uh, yeah, you can. And then I did that. And then that was the first eye opener for me that 
when you reading something is very different from practicing it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of companies would say, oh, yes, we are open to design thinking. But when it actually comes to practicing, and that's also because of the different constraints that come with business. There's yeah. never an ideal situation to practice something. And basically, it's, 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 once you have an understanding of what the concept is, you can then, you might not be able to apply everything, but then you can adapt and you can pick certain things that would work and then introduce it, you know, gradually into that particular system. So I got introduced to UX design and then I knew for sure that I did not want to design interfaces. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. Um, so over the course of your life, whether it was education or going into certain jobs, you kept on realizing things you didn't want to do. Yes. After doing those things. Yes. All right, cool. Yes. Um, so don't get me wrong. I loved UX design. I loved research, the research aspect of it. Coming from an academic background, it was something that I could flow easily with. I enjoyed the process parts, the UX process, strategies, um, why certain things should be designed in this particular way. But the actual work of, oh, putting this element here and putting this component here, I did not enjoy, I did not like, I did not want to do. Good. But in Nigeria here, especially because design thinking and UX design were, are still in their early early stages and mm -hmm. uh, when i say that i don't mean that it's infant but it's not yet at a stage where you can specialize and say oh i want to be a strictly a ux researcher mm -hmm. or i want to be a ux writer yeah. or i want to be a ui designer it feels like right now you should be a generalist do uh, everything. so do you should all. be able to do all you don't necessarily have to be good at all but yeah. you should be able to do all. And if you can, if you can code as well, that's better. In fact, if <laughs> so you, you can, can code, so you yeah, can be our yeah, software amazing. developer as well. <laughs> you can do everything, start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, because I, I and it felt like I can't leave something that was unfulfilling to then start something that is unfulfilling. Um, I, 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 I wanted to stick it out and say I am a UX designer, but I will not design interfaces. And um, so that led me to a series of internships with different people. So I got to intern with a particular UX designer who then told me that, oh, if you're, so if, if you're really sure that, you know, it's the strategy aspect that really gets you ticking, why don't you explore product management? Okay. Huh. Yeah, it's a new concept. <laughs> <laughs> Something else I can explore and see Something if I don't want to do. No, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like, here's a new concept. It's not so far from UX design. You are still thinking, you're still solving problems and you're still doing it from the problem approach, focusing on the people and not necessarily just focusing on what your idea is. But this time you get to do a little bit more by thinking more about the business side of things and what the constraints, by taking the cons constraints also into consideration. UX, you are majorly thinking about your user but with product management you are thinking about your business as well because you also want to make money yeah you don't just want to you don't just want to please your people and not make any make a dime out of it you will suffer you'll be hungry you mm. don't want to be hungry so um i then decided to take courses again reading again about product management yeah and i was fortunate enough to get a 
because this is one of the hard things is especially when you don't have any previous experience in a particular field getting that first job mm -hmm. can seem like such a hurdle and my Not advice would like be it. it usually is yes and my yeah. advice would be as many internships as you can take take them yeah um as many free gigs as you can take take them um while you're still trying to get that first job it might because it's going to be a hard journey but trust me once you get that first yeah that's that's usually the kickstarter okay. <laughs> once you get the first getting the second getting the third is not going to be as difficult because now you can prove that i have this more than having the skills i have this experience yeah. i have worked here i have had my hands into this particular project and i know exactly what to do with it yeah. and i think another thing that helped my application at the time is i had a lot of transferable skills so think back i've been a project manager if you're a product manager you get to work with people you're managing people and to a certain degree you're managing that product as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also some kind of project. It's not the same thing, but they overlap. So I had skills that were transferable in that regard. UX design, I'd, I've done so much studying, I've read so much about it, I've practiced it to a certain degree. So I understand where the whole uh, running a design sprint, um, coming up with designs, I understand what, a good, what the expectations of a good interface should be. So yeah. I had that in the bag. Then coming from my academic experience with my research and all of that and my interpersonal. So one thing people tend to overlook a lot, soft skills matter. Soft, yes, it's good for you to have the hard skills and know um, how to get this thing done. But more than more often than not, it's just soft skills that makes the difference. Yeah. That separates, you know, the shaft from the wheat. Mm -hmm. Because of my experience at the university, I've had to interface with a lot of people. I've, you know, you're talking to students, you're talking to people who don't know as much as you, you're talking to people who know more than you at the same time. I think that builds my people skills a lot, which then helped me. So with product management, because you're interfacing with different kinds of people, you're interfacing with engineers who are very, very technical, you're interfacing with business people who aren't as technical. And you have to stand in that gap and be able to communicate in different ways to different people at different times. Yep. All the skills I had gathered previously, and of course, remember broadcasting, you can talk, you know how to present. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know how to present. Also came into play here. So I think there was no knowledge that was essentially lost because all these things I had done, even though I didn't build careers out of them, yep. they kind of sharpened and helped the skills that I needed to have for the career that I ended up choosing. So right now, I'm currently a product manager. Tomorrow, who knows? <laughs> I can decide that. Finally, I want to move into, into selling my bread and egg and build a tech product. No, don't laugh. Don't laugh, oh, it's, it's very serious. I can blow and I will share this money with you. <laughs> of course, of course. I can you, build you a product where it's like oh automated bread and egg you know find your find the closest bread and egg seller seller you know find your nearest meshai seller <laughs> who knows um, and then build the tech product and then all oh, everything i've learned that would actually be a very very funny funny <laughs> funny place to land in but it is possible i'm just yeah. saying so okay. never so you're think a product about, manager now. so i'm a product manager now and okay. for me i think and one of the things you taught me is be open to all opportunities okay. don't close your mind to anything even if it's not something that you want to do at that moment don't shut the door yet 
bring it on the table you know yeah. get it to a particular point where get it to a place where you can then say oh i can then make a decision between going this way or going that way yeah. but then a lot of people tend to shut their mind up oh say you want to be a product manager for instance and then there's a job customer success uh, agent or customer success um associate you might look at it and be like but i want to be a product manager it doesn't fit the bill but think about it if you're somebody who is dealing with customer success, you understand your customers. It gives you an insight into who you are working for um, or who you are creating essentially for. creating yeah. for. It gives you more insight into them and helps you build empathy, which, which will play a huge role when you eventually get your product manager job. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying, oh, take that job, but go for the interview. It doesn't hurt. You don't have anything to lose. Yep. Have that conversation. Yep. And then, who knows, maybe during the interview, you can then chip in there and say, ooh, by the way, I actually really want to be a product manager, but I feel like there are some skills here that overlap. And you never know. They might actually have an opening or create an opening as a result of that opportunity. But just shutting down opportunities just because they don't match what you want to do at that particular point in time would frustrates you and puts you into a box that you don't necessarily want to be you don't want yeah. to be in a box yeah you want to have an open playing field and yeah. uh so yeah so i think from everything i've said um <laughs> all the opportunities i've had and yeah. all the the decisions i've made have, have majorly been about me being open-minded towards the opportunities i had at my table okay um so i would say don't shut don't shut down opportunities just take it you will deal with a lot of imposter syndrome, by the oh, way. Okay, wait, you, wait. Before you yeah. before you go into that, right? Like, I mean, everything you've said now has been like extremely interesting. Like, you've pretty much moved across academic, say, like backgrounds, but also across careers. Yeah. Um, and you know, now that you're saying it to some people, it might sound like, I mean, of course you did that, right? Um, but what were, and I know you were about to talk about it now, but I'm, I, I just want to formally now ask, like, what were the biggest challenges you faced? Imposter syndrome. That shit is a bitch. Pardon <laughs> my language. Because, so you have to, so for me, because it felt like I had to start from scratch every so many time. times. Yeah. It felt like every single time I got a new concept or a new idea in my mind, I had to start from scratch. You would always constantly battle with, do I know enough? Um, am I sure I can? I can actually do this. Can I go for this? Is Am I qualified for this? And I won't lie. There, there were many times it crippled me. And there were many times it held me back. Especially when you go for interviews. And you don't get it. <laughs> you, then, you then feel like, oh, that definitely validates the fact that... I don't know I, anything. I don't know anything. Or I don't right. have this skill. Okay. But I think what just kept me going... I don't, I don't even know if anything kept me going, to be honest. But I just knew that I don't want to be hungry. And I... <laughs> That's what one, kept you going. <laughs> one, one thing. I don't want to be hungry. Number two. I still... I think I still just held on to this hope or this optimism that I still wanted to do. I never wanted to settle. I want to do something I enjoy. I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to pay me millions but yeah. i don't want to wake up every day and feel sad or feel depressed about going to work okay you're never going to be happy every time you're going to work but at least it shouldn't be something that you're like oh my god i can't believe i have to walk into this office and don't get me wrong i know that not everybody has the opportunity to make that kind of decision there are people who are in positions where they don't have a choice 
because yeah. survival is the name is the name of the game yeah? Yeah. yeah but i think ultimately while you are surviving you can also explore whatever it is that is open to you at that point in time mm -hmm. freelance gigs um it sometimes it might even be while you're trying to have fun that certain things come to you when you're at meetups you know you meet people who then gives you opportunities or who then opens your eyes to you know other perspectives that you might have not realized earlier on so so what what were the little steps that you took that you think helped that even at the time maybe you didn't realize it but they were the little steps you were taking to ensure that you didn't end up hungry or depressed every day you wake up so i think one thing was putting myself out there <laughs> okay. um and when I say putting myself out there is packaging is very important. <laughs> and when I say package, I don't mean pretend, pretend and, and say you know how to do something when you don't know how to do something. That's not okay. what I'm saying. Right. But the things you do know how to do, it's, all, it's just all about how you present it. So, mm -hmm. for example, me saying, okay, I used to be a registration officer in my, and I used to be an exam officer while I was in academics. But when I'm putting it in my CV, I don't just put, I'm an exam officer. Oh, no. I'm an analyst. <laughs> 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 no, but when you think about it, I'm collating data. I'm analyzing that data. And I'm pushing results. Am I not? Well, there's a whole lot more to it. But let's not, what, let's not go what? into that left brain, right brain thing right now. <laughs> I get what you mean, right? Like the presenting the is, things that you do but presenting it really well not just presenting it well you can also apply it and try to draw the lines between what it is you're trying to do and what it is you have done okay so um my previous experience as a project manager while maybe when i was trying to get my first product manager job I, I, i'm saying yes i used to be a project manager but then highlighting those things that overlap between project management and product management okay there are other things I did that were not relevant, but the things that were relevant, emphasize them, highlight them, yeah. showcase those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and didn't you also like write a little bit about like your oh, journey? Yes. As well? yes, 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 yes. Um, I, but at the time I wasn't writing because I felt it was going to push me further. Yeah. I think I was just writing to essentially share what my experience is with somebody else. It didn't matter if I failed because if you look at it, some other people on the outside will say, oh, you've, you succeeded. I don't see it that way because I'm still on the journey. Okay. Um, but I felt that it would be relevant to somebody else. And there are probably things I did that I shouldn't have done that mm -hmm. someone else can learn from. And someone else can say, oh, maybe when I want to do my own too, I will not do this stupid thing that this girl has done. <laughs> <laughs> That, that makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah. and I think you were also writing while you were in the middle of everything. You yes, were I didn't well. wait. Yeah, yeah, I didn't wait until the moment had passed. Because trust me, when you look back, it feels like everything was rosy. And I can't really remember all the emotions I felt at that time. Yeah. But if I go back and read, it's, you, you can tell that, oh, this is somebody who is still uncertain. This yeah. is somebody who doesn't know what the conclusion is. And it's just trying and it's just just putting in the effort yeah at that time right now i can look back and say oh this thing i did then paid off and it gave me this this this, this and this yeah. but at that time that wasn't what was going on so yeah okay so so one more question that i want to ask how because 
you know, you said something earlier that you like to keep improving. You like to make sure that you're making advancements, you know, personally and developing. How did you know that you were improving in any of the things that you were doing? Like, what told you that, oh, I'm actually making progress? So, actually, nothing told me I was doing that. But I think the point I realized that, oh, I'm not doing so bad is, one, it's easy for you to keep on comparing yourself to who you want to be. And the truth is, you're never going to achieve that. You're always going to keep on moving the goalposts. You're yeah. always going to keep on shifting what the, uh, where the achievement pole will be for you. Yeah. But however, if you look back, what I know now, I didn't know that two years ago. Mm -hmm. The things I, could do, I can do now, I couldn't do them two years ago. Okay. And, it's not, and this is not a, oh, I couldn't do it because I didn't have access. It's because I actually didn't even have the knowledge. I didn't have the experience and I didn't have the skills. Two, when you read and you read a lot, it's very easy for you to get lost in the facts and get overwhelmed by everything you are reading. And you, you can even tend to feel like you don't know anything at all. But when you, when you are actually in the throes of it, so what I mean by that is, say there is a particular situation now that you need to, um, oh, they call you, uh, how do we go about this? At that time, it doesn't feel, you don't feel like you're offering any sort of valuable information. And you don't, you don't feel like you're making any major contribution. But when things do work out based on the suggestion that you have made, you then think about it that, hmm, that's when it clicks that, oh, I remember this is what that, that, that thing meant at that time. So um, it, that, that's the validation yeah. for, uh, yes, I, so I actually know more than I actually think I do, you know. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I think I am. <laughs> so sometimes those little successes, and it doesn't have to be a huge success, little successes are, they validate, they, they validate um, you know, the knowledge and skill sets that you, you tend to have. Yeah, um, that's very interesting because, you know, that ties perfectly to, to one of the things I've said in my previous episodes about, like, it's in looking back, and seeing how far you, you've come because you can always shift the goalpost of who you want to be but you can't really shift the goalpost of where you started right it's, <laughs> yes it's going to be there so yes. so yeah i think i think that's very very interesting and and to be honest i feel like we can keep going on and on or we can even you know deep dive into specific parts of your career to expand on it but i i really just wanted to to for us to talk about the journey, um, just to talk about different aspects of it, like some key parts to pull out, which, by the way, um, is for my own agenda. <laughs> right? Because I've done these four episodes on the podcast that, you know, was just me talking, but just to also hear it in practical, like how you've been able to transfer skills and use soft skills to advance yourself, uh, but also to keep moving, um, not necessarily you're not very conscious of how much you've grown exactly yes. and then looking back and seeing that you've grown but also looking at the fact that you've you've been in situations where you've felt the imposter syndrome and you've self-sabotaged <laughs> many um, times yeah exactly and being able to kind of like 
take little steps to get yourself out of that. So everyone can see my agenda clearly. I just wanted to tie all those things and pick out all those things from your journey and from your experience, which, woof. Uh, I think you can make an, a movie out of your whole experience. Maybe when, <laughs> maybe, maybe when you become a billionaire, or if you become a billionaire, we could like make the movie. Like I could sell yeah, it to sell Netflix, my story. Yes. You know, or someone to. to and then to I'll show. finally get some money for all of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for sharing your experience. Thank you very much for sharing all Thank that. you for having me. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, so everyone that's Moyo and her crazy career story, and I call it crazy because, you know, so many things done so many things changed so many times um <laughs> and you know to be honest like that's that's kind of how it is in life sometimes it's not easy to make those changes but and it's know, not a straight road either it's, it's your, your road definitely wasn't straight <laughs> so, um but yeah um yeah, I guess we can uh, leave you there for today. Maybe we will come back another time and maybe talk about another part. Or maybe when you start selling your bread and egg, we can actually... This time you are paying me. <laughs> you are definitely paying me. No problem. So let me just start making more money because I'm okay. also looking for money, Sha. So. It's okay. <laughs> so let's see we how go rough goes. <laughs> But yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this episode. Um... If you've not listened to the previous ones where I talked about some of the things that we pulled out from Moya's journey, you can go back and listen to those. Uh, stay tuned, like, do all the cool stuff that people can do on like podcasts, share with your friends. If you can relate to this, you know, let me know. Um, and yeah, um, hope you had a very good time. Um, but to the next one, take care, stay safe, and bye. Bye. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> mm -hmm.